welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Woohoo! Episode 145. Now dun, with dun, more dun. electric walls. This is not a good thing for an armor. Armor doesn't do oh, well yeah, with electricity. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely like Narmer's worst fear. Get back in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> He just takes one look at it. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the problem is last time we put him in the bag, there's something cool happened we forgot to tell him to come out of the bag. Would oh, the bag no. actually protect him from a wall of lightning? It's total cover, and he's in an extra dimensional space. Ah, yes. Oh, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Technically speaking, as long as uh, Masika doesn't roll a natural one on a reflex save and damage one of the objects, and the object doesn't happen to also be the bag he's hiding inside of, you should be good. Although it's not like a portable hole where if you destroy the portable hole, like, or not portable hole, a uh, bag of holding. If you destroy the bag of holding, then the contents are lost. Yeah. Oh. They're just like, they're somewhere in the yep. uh, ether. The ether, and just, I mean, we'd have to do a three episode side quest of just Narber. <laughs> Maybe with some, like, <laughs> ghost animals in the ether. Finding his way back to Finding Masika. All of you would have to play crazy, etheric ghost creatures. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm down. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, this kind of sounds interesting. We should maybe Ooh. do this. He teams up with the uh, elemental plane air dog that we established <laughs> in an earlier thing. And- Even if this doesn't happen, if Normer slept, this would be what he dreams, and we could all just be like, all right. Or this is uh, the D&D campaign that Normer is running for everyone at night. Normer's yes. dream of electric sheep. Oh, nice. I was thinking it's more like his Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you were there, and you were there, and you were there. (laughs) Anyway, none of that happened, however, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers, making their way even further into the Sightless Sphinx. Getting a little tired of just saying, deeper into the Sightless Sphinx. Well, you're the one who sent us to this giant dungeon, so... Yeah. Technically, you sent yourself here. (laughs) Hollis has disintegrate. She could have just punched holes in the side of the building until she found something. <laughs> I mean, she could have, but she is also an archaeologist. I've, I've made yeah, three holes. Time to rest. <laughs> so actually, before we begin this episode, there is something that I thought was kind of interesting going into um, to episode 145. So episode 73 which was uh, at this point 72 episodes ago, was the first episode in which Hollis joined the party. Ah. Oh. Meaning that, not counting the Fated Tells, Jessica has now actually been playing Hollis longer than Sagira. Oh. oh. Officially the <laughs> so ma- your main kind of character. Fun, yeah, just kind of a fun little side note. So uh, happy uh, taking, the, taking the reins, taking the lead for Hollis for this episode. <laughs> Are we doing like a weird like Star Wars, like there's a force ghost in the corner that's just kind of nodding like cool? <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is this is Jessica bringing in, you know, Hollis as played by uh, Daisy Ridley. Ridley? Weird. Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think she's tall enough. <laughs> she's not at no, all. No. Not unusually alienly tall. But yeah, just figured that'd be kind of a fun, uh, fun thing to bring up before uh, before we get started on all of this. So uh, happy numberversary, Hollis. Happy numberversary. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the party made their way deeper into the uh, the Moftet controlled section, the ancient temple of Ereshkigal. Technically, the entirety of the structure is kind of the temple of Ereshkigal, but this is more of the unholy of unholies of Ereshkigal. Here you had found the octagonal chamber, which we quaintly refer to as the crossroads, where there had been four exits, one of which was the one that you came in through, which was the skull door. Yep. 
you had decided to go through the shield door, at which point you reached the, as it's titled here, Armory of the Faceless. And we fought Ooh. some rocking rocks. You fought some rocks. <laughs> They've rocked your world. <laughs> They've rocked my world. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, yes. Cyrus. Yes. A battle had ensued, which uh, quickly revealed how I think just kind of had, I've commiserated on this a couple of times about how for as low of a level spells it is, Mirror Image is probably the best defensive spell, it's period. It's so annoying. It, yes, it's great, easily the best spell unless you're in the fighting game. it. Unless you're yeah. fighting three people that cast it all at the same time. Yeah, I think 15 rocks. I was going to say, we room. had at least 15 at one point. Yes. You fought the rocks. You had defeated two of them. The third one had decided to teleport away. Yeah, he noped right out of there. Yeah. Rude. At the very least, Hollis knows that he's somewhere still inside this building, most likely, considering that the magical wards that protect this place bar teleportation into or out of the structure, but not inside of it. Mm -hmm. Between him and the Moftet that got away, they definitely know that we're poking around this section. And they <laughs> probably know a fair bit about what we can do, too, because... Yep. Between those two fights, they know like uh, roughly what kind of spells we can cast. That Sudi can get got big. A like, ghost paladin. <laughs> the know? ghost paladin, which you know is a bit of a surprise, a little out of left field, but you know we did it. If only one of the mud zombies had gotten away, and then somebody from the next room you get into gets away, and then they just form their like misfit team of losers. Oh, it's like our own Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. anti door doorkeepers, the door openers. Uh, but Hollis got armor. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You, Which was you did weird. loot the place. You found some uh, some pretty cool armor, including some uh, silken ceremonial armor made of gold trimmed white linen with a heavy torque set with a lapsus lazuli. Which will be much cheaper for Masika to enchant eventually than getting bracers of armor. It's already slightly enchanted. I just love Fancy. the idea of her wearing this with the duster and the cowboy hat and, and the boots. You know, it just, uh, it's its a nice clashing of cultures, but somehow she makes it work. Hollis looks silly, but she's fine I just realized this. your your cowboy hat isn't enchanted or anything either. Like, just I feel like it should be enchanted. Just it's very like you. At some point, maybe I'll enchant it. I did buy a nice turquoise brooch for it when we were in Masika's uh, village or whatever. Can't. Sure. After the fight, you had a brief conversation with Walter, the water oh, elemental. Walter Bubbles. Oh, Walter Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. Yep. Walter uh, then uh, disappeared back to the elemental plane. Probably to never be seen again, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, the plane is a big place, Side so quest. it's a bit of trying to find a drop of water in an ocean. It's true. Ah. Exiting from there, you decided to make your way through the door to reveal a short corridor heading ahead about 30 feet wide, about 30 feet deep, before it intersects with a crackling sheet of lightning blocking the end of the hallway. The smell of a summer rainstorm fills the air, and the sizzling of the lightning makes normal conversations impossible near the barrier. And we just shut the door and we keep going. <laughs> I, I, was gonna say, I, was, I was gonna say, Sudi just kind of closes the door and just turns to everybody else. So we're saving that for last, right? Well, I detect magic at the door. Yeah, is it a trap? Turn Can we turn it off? <laughs> at the doodad, at the wall. The you lightning open wall. The, you wanna open the door again? Cause Sudi just shut the door. <sighs> yes, Sudi, I Really? Uh, open the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sudi like is getting like like his fur starting to puff up from like the static electricity around. I, I just picture Masika's behind him like doing that thing when your cat's fur stands on end and just lightly touching it because it's kind all of pushing it in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose to open this back up, Hollis. You cast to detect magic. You sweep over this with your magic eyes. Yep. Go ahead and make me spellcraft. 
tell us what your magic eyes see. Oh, not a lot. Uh, I rolled a <laughs> two for a 24. Good job. If it makes you feel better, I could roll a perfect 20 and still not get this. Okay. I, mean, that's <laughs> I guess Masika will detect magic on it when Hollis kind of blinks like, ooh. <laughs> you really shouldn't stare straight at it. <laughs> I think it's lightning, y'all. It'd have been funny if it was like an artifact or whatever, and it's just like, and you're blind. Ow. All you can really determine pertaining towards this is it seems to generate a strong aura of evocation, which means that it's probably a minimum of 12th level caster, whatever has created oh. this. Ooh, dang. Wow. Because you've you've only just reached the point where your own magic registers as strong or to oh, you. Wow. That's a hell of a caster. Masika uh, <laughs> rolls a Humble fourteen, brag. which gets her a thirty on the um, spellcraft. With a thirty, this is a wall of electricity. Wow. <laughs> we could have probably guessed that. Yep. It is not specifically a spell. It's more of a magical effect, kind of akin to a trap, although it is not created by runes or anything. There's nothing here to disable as far as disabling a trap is concerned. Well, boo. More likely than not, this would seem to have been summoned and created by pure magic, although you also don't see a permanency effect to it. So it's like the firewalls that Hollis does, only electricity, but it's not been made permanent. But again, we don't know if the Glabbers use wishes or just, hey, make a lightning wall, and it's just a lightning wall forever. Well, but there has to be a way for them to get by, some kind of um, protection or something, right? I mean, the demons are immune to it, and we don't know what all the magic the Moftet have. And again, there may be another way in. Uh, we, we Do we search the Moftet that we... Wait, no, we turned one into a bunny and the other one left. Cat. Mm-hmm. Cat. Cat. <laughs> For some reason, the alpha polymorph to me is always bunny. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever actually turned something into a bunny. Chipmunk? Cat? <laughs> I've tried to turn things into bunnies. <laughs> so, Masika, you do know the following three things pertaining towards it. It's bad. It will damage any creature that attempts to walk through it. Okay. No save. There is actually a save. Oh, really? In essence, yeah. So in essence, someone with evasion could somehow tuck and roll through this. I'm not entirely positive how. Dance through the lightning. Yeah, it's it's that uh, it's that scene in uh, what is it in Trapman or whatever? <laughs> yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, you're Catherine Zeta Jones. Like you're <laughs> through all the bolts of lightning, just kind of like doing this weird like dance to get through it all. Yes, exactly. And y'all get onto me for the '90s references. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the first thing that you know pertaining towards it. Uh, you don't know how much damage it will do to you or how difficult it be to get out of the way, but it would injure you if Probably you attempted to go through. Probably a lot. If I had to guess. The barrier can be dispelled, suppressed, or destroyed with a dispel magic made just disjunction or anti-magic field. In that case, it would be dispelled with a dispel magic, suppressed with an anti-magic field, or destroyed with a mage's disjunction. Well, we don't have any mage's disjunction, I don't think. I can try to dispel it, but it's not going to be gone for very long, and I, I didn't didn't ask Narmer for a break enchantment today. But can do we want to... Yes, you can come out of the bag. I don't know if we should bother with it at the moment. Why don't we try going through the other door? Because if you do dispel it and we get through and then it pops back up, we may be trapped on the other side with whatever is there and we don't know what that is. Well, I have two dispel magics, but I prefer the saving of those for future awful bad things that might occur when we run into this glad pursuit. We also don't want to leave something behind us that may have a way to bypass this wall. Well, everything's behind us, so we might as well go to the other direction. 
All in favor of the other door? Aye. I agree. Might as well for now. Oh, oh right. Hollis, you have that thing that makes it so it can't move, right? The little rod? Oh, yeah. We could put it on the door. Yeah, but couldn't someone come from this side and steal your rod? I don't well, think we, we should everybody that. that was on this side. Well, we've killed everybody. There's a second floor. What if people come down from They'd the second floor? The room. Also, this is not one of those video game doors that opens in both directions at all times. And as such, since you're in the hallway, a door always opens into the room. Oh, boo. <laughs> well, you know what? I tried. <laughs> this is not the world of the Witcher. Here's what we do. We put it, it we put it in between the two door handles, and then when they try to pull it in, it's just it's like, nope. <laughs> I don't think... No, I don't think that'll actually work. All right. Well, you know what? That was my one genius idea for this episode. (laughs) Masika, there is one third thing that you do know. Oh. And that is the fact that while it is is a permanent effect, it is quite possible that you could absorb all the electricity from it at a single time. To do so, you'd need an extraordinarily, a large amount of an extraordinarily conductive material. I don't know, something like a bronze statue that walks. Oh. Oh. oh, oh, that's how you could get through it, too. Oh, man, you're telling us we really? missed out on a mech fight by not bringing that with us? <laughs> with lightning Dang fists. It. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so salty now. I mean, it only does so much damage if we had something to absorb it all. I'm really good at absorbing energy, but uh, I've, done, I've done some of that already today, and I don't want to risk it. Wait a second. What if we bring back Volter? Water likes yeah. lightning, right? I, I can't. It I, would I hurt can't bring him. him back. First of all, that was oh. a gem that we picked up from I don't. God's oh, okay. nowhere. Nethus <laughs> knows where. Also, we'd have to know his actual name to summon him. So, Mister Walter Bubbles. Name. We know his Walter name. Bubbles. Walter Bubbles. Oh, you think that was his true name? Like his true he's name was Mr. Walter Bubbles. <laughs> oh no, but you know he'll get the message. Bubbles. Wait, so his true name was Walter Bubbles? No, Walter with a V. It's fa- That's it's like his Walter. calling card. I thought, yeah, I thought the the true names have power and all that. You're always telling me not to use my true name. Well, yes, but if you made a call out there into the water plane and asked around for Walter Bubbles, he'd know who you're looking for. Maybe, maybe they're like catch. All catch oh. have three names. Elves have some some naming conventions like that. And gnomes, they have like eighteen. <laughs> that just seems. <laughs> when very have you ever met a gnome? There was that gnome once. Remember? Apparently not. There's that skeleton out in the desert. Close that doesn't really narrow it down. I said hi. Hey, last time we stood in the hallway and talked to Narma, we got ganged up on by a bunch of cultists. So uh, uh, sure. Thanks, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Good point. The siren call of my voice summons the monsters. <laughs> so maybe you should stop talking. Oh, Good I luck sure. with that. <laughs> I'm gonna climb back in shattered bag and carry on a deep conversation with my good friend. He then pulls a scorpion out. Poor Stinger Junior. Um. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so this last door that isn't the lightning door is the eye door? Yeah, it's the eye the door. The eye door. Just an, draw like an eye. I mean, it's not the eye of Ra, obviously, which is what pops into my head anytime somebody says It's not Nethus' eye game. either. No, it's not the eye of Horus. It's uh, it's basically the eye of Providence. Oh, okay. All right. Which one is the eye of Providence? It's the eye inside of a pyramid. Yeah. Oh, the, the Illuminati. On the, on the dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, the it's Illuminati. the Illuminati. Or... It's the all-seeing eye, right? Oh, yeah. them's the Illuminati. <laughs> this must be where they keep their secret lair. Then you guys get beamed up into space and we start threefold conspiracy. The what? long con. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. That sounds fun. Oh my gosh. That would be a twist right there. Just Norm in the background going, aliens. <laughs> you can just play Norm and Starfinder. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
That's fair. That's fair. As a bonus thing for our patrons, I'll design an entire race of Normers. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Don't promise that because they're going to yeah. want you to deliver. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. we, we, I think we immediately just got that SRO satisfied. Is? No, I don't know. Be, yeah, it'd just be a specialized SRO. Pretty much, yeah. So suppose you step forward, open this door. Yep, I check it for traps first. I know I already have the thing that you'll tell me, but I still like to state it. Surprise! Making your way forward, approaching the door, checking it for traps. It's not trapped. Sudi, you grab the door, slide this open. Yep. The door opens. I'm ready to dispel magic in case somebody's waiting to shoot us with I'm, magic. I'm ready to banish Glabrazoo if it's on the other side <laughs> oh, of the wait store. A Dude, what a <laughs> trick to have the one room that we didn't want to go in not have the Glabrazoo in it. <laughs> you open up the door, it just opens into this nicely appointed sitting room, and there's a Glabrazoo like, with glasses and a reading jacket on, just smoking a pipe next to a fireplace, looks okay. over. Just like, Here's early. my 90s reference. I don't know why I suddenly picture it as the suited up Jabberwocky from the Ghostbusters cartoon. I have no idea what you're talking no. about. No, I've never None. saw that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you slide the door open, revealing what seems to be another hallway beyond. Maybe some 30 feet across, probably double that in length. The wall off towards your right-hand side is covered in these reliefs, these intricate carvings of faceless men and women performing unspeakable acts. Oh my. Did we enter um, Event Horizon? Like sexy unspeakable acts or no, like probably murder, like murdering people. Acts. It's those Lovecraftian unspeakable acts. We've oh, just okay. entered Event Horizon. Great. Which Great. I've also heard a theory might also be sex. <laughs> yeah, Lovecraft was just really weird about that. But across from this tableau of depravity, you see two doors on your left-hand side. Both of these doors are closed and you're uncertain where they lead. However, maybe the most curious thing is the far end of this chamber. There's an exit which leads deeper still into the Sphinx, but pouring from this exit is light. Uh-oh. Bright, brilliant, almost golden, but it doesn't flicker, it doesn't move. It almost looks like sunlight, as if just around the corner up ahead, is another exit from the Sphinx. We found the Sphinx's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Please leave that in, Rick. That's amazing. (laughs) In the case of the Sphinx, it is not where the sun don't shine. (laughs) It's where the sun comes in. (laughs) Only at sunset, though, since it is (laughs) west-facing. Oh, my gosh. Sphinxes, much like other cats, like to be like, look at my butt. <laughs> this is oddly shaped asterisks of light streaming in. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. And here I was thinking it was just like maybe a permanent daylight spell We're all or something. 12 here, y'all. Of course we are. Do you wish to continue? Yes. Um, I guess we'll sidle up to the door that's closest to us. I mean, let's just enter the room first and see what are happens. Are there any statues? Is there anything invisible? <laughs> Narmer, cover your invisible. eyes. Okay. Why? There's bad things on the wall. Hollis looks okay. at the walls intently. <laughs> Hollis is an adult. Narmer is a sweet summer child. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You don't know how old Narmer is. Oh, actually, I guess you do know how old Narmer is. Exactly. He shaven, created so. him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, of course, we do suspect that he might be an aspect of Chisisek reborn. I, st- I still like that. Like, that's still headcanon. All right, let's hurry because there's like an open hallway over here and that gives me the heebie-jeebies. All right, I shall check the door for traps. Let's hurry because I'm looking at this tableau and I'm confused and aroused. <laughs> uh, I'm ace. <laughs> oh, sorry, though, that was Sugar chiming in. Oh, yeah. Sugar, I open the thing so Sugar can fully look for her stories. Yeah, I mean, she, she likes the, the scandals. This is why I watched True Blood for so long. Uh, <laughs> Don't even do it on True Blood. I suppose you make your way forward towards the first of the doors? Sure. Yes. The door here opens up into a rather large chamber. From where you stand to the other end, maybe 50 feet across, maybe 40 feet wide, curved somewhat, contouring to the outside of the octagonal chamber that you came in through. Piles of uncured furs and hides make crude pallets on the floor of this chamber. Dried blood and soot smears obscure the walls in strange designs that look vaguely like hunting animals or cats. It's difficult to tell. There's a rank smell in this room, like a wet animal bathing in the sun. Y'all ever sniffed a cat while it was drying in the sun? Masika points at Sudi. I was I was gonna say Sudi Sudi just mutters often. I mean, it's not yep. Sudi's fault he has fur, just, you know, when he's wet. It's In okay, Sudi's defense, he has never smelled this bad. Sudi <laughs> grooms constantly. Is that what y'all do at night? Does 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 Narmer brush your fur? Definitely oh not. <laughs> nope. I'm grown kitten, I once. Can... <laughs> no, not grown kitten. <laughs> That's not what I would say. I'm a grown cat folk. I can brush my own hair. Even your back? He's Especially flexible. my back. <laughs> as an interesting side note, as a ghost, I smell nothing. Huh. No. It's probably a good thing right now. Probably. I guess we'll step into this room to investigate. Yep. Yeah. I guess make some search checks and perception o perception. I scan for golems. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and detect magic. Okay, so what is everyone doing? Hollis is detecting magic. I'm going to make a perception check, basically. Scanning for golems. Actually, Narmer has the higher perception check. He's going to roll and Masika's going to aid him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in. He then dives into the furs. <laughs> there are no statues or anything in this chamber. Sweet. It's <laughs> a good sign. I don't know if there are some hidden under the fur. I trust nothing. What is Citra doing? Citra's going to search the room. All right. So go ahead and give me a perception roll from Citra and Masika. Hollis, there's nothing magical in this chamber other than the pervading magic of this entire place, warding it from teleportation and interdimensional right. travel. Then Hollis will keep an eye on the door. Sudi, there are no golems. Sudi will turn around and look at the door to make sure we don't get jumped from behind. Uh, Narma rolls a 15 on his perception, which gets him a 29. So with Masika's aid, he gets a 31. Citra rolled a 13 for a 31 perception. Masika, Citra is searching through the room. You both find something. In Citra's case, you find a semi-precious gemstone lost amongst the furs here. You may make it a price check if you so wish. 18. Yeah, you think it's probably worth 45 gold pieces. Masika, you find a number of different pieces of jewelry. Hmm. Most of these are brass or bronze. Anklets, rings, bracelets, that sort of thing. (laughs) All in all, it is a 
30 gold worth of uh, sort of jewelry. I just picture an armor diving into the pile of furs and then busting out wearing all the jewelry. Yep. <laughs> Cartoon style. <Yeah. laughs> He's just like shaking. <laughs> Y'all think there's any secret doors? I can give I another know. check. Citra will search specifically for secret doors this time using her lens of detection. I'll help you. I help you. It'll take about three minutes to search the outside of this room. Roll a 17 for a 42. Nope. I don't see anything secret. I guess we should just try the next door. At the markings on the wall in blood, is there any significance to that? Or are they just like draw random drawings? They don't happen to be prayers to a Reshkigal, are they? Probably. Anyone that wishes to may make me all the points. I rolled a five for a 27. You believe, especially considering they literally used blood for this and tried to make a number of depictions of various hunting beasts, that this is a depiction of the blood clefts. The blood clefts <laughs> is a dead region, the home of the demon lord of Reshkigal, where she plots and raises her armies to assault her half-sister, Aldenach, who is also the other daughter of Lamashtu. Huh. Creepy. They made a depiction of the blood cliffs. Mm. What's that? Uh, that's where Reshkigal hangs out. Okay. Cliffs or clefts? Clefts. Oh, clefts with an E. Yep. It's right next to the base clef. Yes. It trebles Actually, it's right side. next to the uh, Sea of Whispering Sands. Is that where the sister is? Yes. <laughs> anyway, this is creepy. I say we keep going. I guess we'll head around to the next room. All right. So you exit back out into the hallway, approach the next door, slide this open, revealing another chamber close in size to the previous one. Again, about 50 feet deep, about 40 feet wide. Interestingly, while the previous chamber looked to have been maybe some sort of, I mean, almost sleeping quarters, judging by the pallets that you'd seen in there, this one seems to serve maybe a more, you guess, productive purpose. There are two large vats in this chamber. From one side to the other, maybe about five feet across, maybe about three feet deep. Like you'd see large wash basins. In one of their cases, it's filled with something that reeks of iron. In the other one, it seems to be mixed with something that smells slightly flowery. You can see that clothing is draped across the surrounding walls, and the entirety of this room has this pungent sense of drying dye. You think they're literally having a bloodbath here? I had one of those. Yeah. Uh, sure. It smells like dye. Wait. They had um, their um, oh, their feathers were dyed. Maybe this is it. I guess, well, I'll detect magic. There's nothing magical in this room, other than the pervading magic that pervades everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to search the room. Anyone that wishes to may make a perception roll. Anyone uh, entering the room may also make an appraise check. Ooh, appraise check. I'll make an appraise check. Masika's good at that. Ouch, I'm rolling bad today. I rolled a two for a 13 appraise. I rolled a nine for a 31 perception. Uh, Masika rolls an 18, which gets her a 28 on her appraise. Okay. Citra rolls a 10 for a 28 perception, so uh, Sudi's got me on that. Okay. Citra, Sudi circling around the room. No. Uh, The fabrics in here are pretty common. It seems almost like they've broken down some equipment or weapons in here. But other than this, the clothing hanging on the walls, which again is uncommon it's not anything of any value and honestly this dye job seems to be kind of half done masika looking these over uh, one of these vats is filled with this black dye the other one is filled with red 
sniffing at them, you'd think that they're probably using some sort of iron compound for the black dye. And again, with the cultists that you saw earlier, they were dyed, their fur was dyed black from the waist down. Their wings were also dyed, or the tips of their wings at the very least were dyed red. The fruity kind of flowery smell here, you think, comes from the red dye, which is probably made from desert cactus blooms. And the books. dyes seem pretty standard. All right, hmm. well. This kind of explains where they're dyeing all of their um, selves. <laughs> Sudi, do you want to be red? We could dunk you in no. here. No red. I don't think it'd do much over the black fur. Does Sugar want to be red? I most certainly do not. We could stop trying to <laughs> dye ourselves. Uh, she might peck your eyes out if you try to put her in a tub of dye. Something's getting dyed around here. <laughs> Something's getting dead. <laughs> 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 Paula slaps at her own joke. Yeah, because we can't <laughs> understand made you. the chicken that nobody else understands. The chicken clucks in approval. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I will give this to uh, Hollis, though. You are aware that, of course, uh, Reshigal is a faceless six-legged sphinx whose midnight blue fur is sparse enough that her pale ashen skin can be seen through it. And she has draconic red wings which sprout from her shoulder blades. Her tail is the front head of a viper. Oh, yeah. They're trying to look like a Reshigal because, you know, she's black. But she's got blue feathers, but she's black underneath. And then she's got red wings and stuff. Eh, I mean, that's not actually the weirdest thing. Anyway, Mm. I guess. Keep going. It'd be kind of like if Shitra... Uh, dyed her shelf green. Mm, yeah. For Osiris. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. Oh, okay. It'd be kind of cool. I don't really know how to dye skin, for one. What if it was a full body tattoo? I oh. think not. It would really hurt. It would really hurt. Making your way back out from this chamber and into the hallway, there's a single exit. Hollis is going to keep up her detect magic to see if that magic, or if that light is magical as we get closer to it. Okay. I suppose we advance. Advance? You make your way forward. Approach the, the end of this passage. Again, the ceiling in this hallway stretches up to a height of almost 30 feet. It's that classic design where the floor of this hall that you're in is 30 feet wide. Although about 30 feet above you, the ceiling is only about 20 feet wide. Where the walls are slightly tapered in. And then over the expanse of it just closes the distance. It creates this perspective of almost as if the walls are bearing down on you. The hallway branching off of this is only about 10 feet wide with the ceilings being about 15 feet high. A keystone marks the arch of this as you begin to approach towards it, emblazoned with a hieroglyph denoting this as the Hall of Honor. Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Approaching this, you can see ahead of you, light pours in in this just constant wave of illumination. Again, almost like daylight, extremely close to it. This golden glow emanates from the vaulted ceiling of the hall ahead. All you can determine that it's magic. Ah, what kind of magic? This gives the illusion of warm sunlight shining down. However, as you begin to make your way forward, the illusion's immediately dispelled as you don't feel the warmth of the sun. Hmm. It's still no different from everywhere else in this cold tomb. On the plus side, no worrying about sunburn. (laughs) Low stone walls create a path through the center of this hall between ornate statues placed along the way. Uh Uh-oh. The statues depict humanoid figures in regal dress, their expressions proud and haughty. Stone crowns and phronic headdresses sit upon their brows, 
and stone robes adorned with bits of jewelry that glitter in the light bedeck them. On the far side of the chamber stands an immense statue of a golden scorpion. That's weird. That appears to have been crushed. Ah, not as weird. Ah. The scorpion's carapace has been cracked from some mighty blow, and its claws are twisted and shattered. I activate my Golembane's Garib. <laughs> you know, I guess she acted out her violent fantasy of killing her sister. Or the cultists did, at least. Am I the only one that thinks we should really just stay on the path? I mean, I think paths are good in situations such as this. I mean, it's put here deliberately, so, I mean, it seems prudent. Yes, I, I would definitely agree. Are any of these golems? You don't detect any golems within 60 feet of you. I'm also Gee. detecting the magic so that I can be like, hmm, what is this near us? There is some magic coming off of the scorpion. Well, Ooh. magic. The scorpion's magical. Uh, also, if you want to make a spellcraft, you can. Uh, I rolled a four this time for a 26. The 26? Uh, the scorpion is being preserved through some form of magic. Huh. You think it's probably an engine of timelessness. The entirety of this room is not under the effects of a daylight spell. It's actually an illusion. The entire ceiling, in fact, is an illusion. As you look up towards it, and it looks like this noonday sky. Ah. Uh, Just an illusion that replicates light. All right. Well, the ceiling is an illusion, which is why it's not actually hot. And they're preserving that scorpion, probably with the same stuff that Chisasek used, that ungent. For what purpose? I mean, this looks like a, a real big version of those little tables where they set up, like, dioramas. I mean, these are probably statues of priests of Areshkigal that have done great things in her name and that's probably a scorpion thing they killed that they want to keep as a trophy. It is the Hall of Honor. I say we make haste. And look out for golems because there's a lot of statues here. Until we get to the Hall of Haste. I have haste prepared if we want to go real fast but I think I'll save it. That doesn't I seem prudent. I say we save that. But I suppose we start walking through this weird... Like are these like are these like noticeably like identifiable like the um terracotta oh gosh. Warriors. Yeah, the terracotta warriors where like you can tell these are like individual people that they've modeled these after. Each of them does appear to be unique. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Uh-oh. Oh, I roll a twelve for a twenty-four. I roll a two for a twenty-six. I roll a fifteen for a twenty-two. I roll a nineteen for a thirty-seven. Thank goodness. <laughs> Okay. Somebody see something before it kills us. <laughs> right? Seriously. You all begin to make your way into the room. Lady Sophronia gliding up behind you. Make a perception roll. Is that higher than Citra? You got a 37. Actually, it is tied. She also, she got a 14 for a 37. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Good job, Sophronia. Yeah, Citra <laughs> reaches back and they high five. Yep. <laughs> kind of. Except she's a ghost, so it just goes through her hand. Just smacks her gauntlet. Let's go touch gauntlet. Oh, yeah. You make your way forward. This room is making me nervous, y'all. I know. I'm so I tense. Don't like you're walls. so exposed. <laughs> Ahead, you can see the path that you're following turns, taking a sharp left, making its way back to the south, deeper towards the center of the Sphinx. You can see that there are more statues along that direction. As all of you walk your way past, you can tell, first off, this carapace... In places, it's not completely covered in the gold, as if it's flaked off at some points. And underneath, you can tell that there's a black carapace of an actual scorpion. It's not a golden statue so much as uh -oh. a gold glit scorpion. Is that an uh -oh. undead monstrosity? 
Possibly. As you begin to make your way forward, you look over these surrounding statues, Sudi in particular. Again, these walls along the sides are low. They're no higher than about knee level. Easy to even step over if you so wished. Their purpose, you're not entirely positive. To Although keep you they, on the path. They do give you a strange degree of, you guess, reassurance. Nope, but anxiety. Masika would take Narmer off of her shoulder and hug him in front of her like a child with a stuffed animal as they walk <laughs> down the hall. <laughs> Goodness. Good idea, Masika. Shield your heart with my body. <laughs> Looking over the statues, you pass by the first ten of them. Uh-oh, I don't like this one, but... You can see another ten as you make your way further. And it looks like there's maybe even more around the corner from here. Each statue is unique, as if depicting a specific individual. However, close examination, Sudi, you looking over, glancing this over with your one eye as you begin to make your way by, closer examination reveals something subtly wrong about each statue. One figure's eyes are oddly shaped. You can see the tip of a forked tail showing beneath the hem of another's robe. A few just seem subtly warped. No overt signs of wrongness, but something that when it's taken as a whole is unnatural. Something's weird about these statues. Like there's, like that one's got a tail over there. That one's eyes look a little off. Either they didn't do a very good job of transcribing them into stone or something happened to them before their deaths that made them look a little weird. Not like, not human, but like just weird. Maybe they have some extra plainer blood. Masika wiggles her barbels. I don't know, but it's a little unsettling. I don't like it. All of you also notice there's something curious about the statues. Beyond just this wrongness, each one of them have these intricately designed robes with bizarre markings to them. As you look over them, I will allow the entire party, anyone that can, to make me a linguistics check. A six for a 17. I roll a perfect 20 for a 25. Masika rolls a 15, which gets her a 21. Uh, Citra rolls a 14 for a 22. Citra, Sudi, Masika. Hollis probably just still eyeing that giant scorpion carcass. Would I be able, how long ago did they cast that create undead spell? Would I still be able to detect it? (laughs) The rest of you note the markings along the trims of their sleeves, along the edges of their hood, it looks initially like some sort of embroidered trim. But as you look it over, you can actually tell that they're words written in the abyssal tongue. Oh, now. As if long streams with reoccurring characters. You can't read them, but maybe they rhyme? I I can cast a spell and, and read the language on the hymn. I do not think that is a good idea. You want to read things in the temple with the riddles that make you crazy? Citra, you see movement ahead. You have just enough time to register that there's movement out of the corner of your eyes, your danger sense immediately kicking in as you start to spin before you see one, two, three, four, five of these Moftet cultists take to the wing from where they've been crouched behind the statues and fly up into the air. And I will Uh need initiative from the party. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, uh, what do you want to think there are 23 statues in here? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, oh, that would be that's the awful. Yeah, this, each one of them is a riddle on their clothing or whatever. Masika's mm. like, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, don't read. This is a Cthulhu type situation where reading is bad and knowing is, is wrong. <laughs> Generally speaking, it only ever worked out once. Yeah, it did only work out that once, didn't it? Yeah, it was good for Armitage, but everyone else it sucked. Yeah, you know. All right. More cultists of Ereshkigal. Getting a lot of repeat use out of stat blocks in this adventure. There's a lot of cultists. Don't like it. See how many of these you can make into cats. Not enough, I imagine. I don't have another one of those. Oh, but hey, good thing it worked. Kick in some Sirenscape. Sirenscape. Don't trust statues. I really don't. <laughs> so let's go ahead and go down the list. Hollis Starkweather. I rolled a two for a nine. I haven't rolled over a 10 all night. <laughs> That's a problem. You're due. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a 10 for a 13. Masika of the Beacon. Masika rolls a one for a four. Well, crud. That's probably not good. On my new kitty cat dice, the one is a picture of a cat butt, which makes me giggle. So at least I think it's funny when I get a one now. I love that. It seems appropriate as you're approaching the butt of the Sphinx. (laughs) Citra Nahamra. Citra also rolled a one. Oh, come on. Seven. Yep. Whoa, boy. It's going to be one of those guys. All right. Sephernia is middle of the pack. I can usually guarantee a bad roll on initiative. Every now and then I'll, I'll get a decent one, but most of the time my initiatives suck. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, I mean, that guy, that Mofta did get away to give them all a warning to go set up an ambush for us. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is and why you didn't actually is. catch them sleeping. Oh, well, to be mm. fair, we're not really super stealthy, so we would have probably not caught them sleeping anyway. So combat begins, surprise attack round. The Moftet get first initiative. Uh-oh. They each ascend up to a height of 40 feet as they fly up into the air, gliding their way forward. Yikes. That's their surprise attack round. Sophronia made the perception check to notice them coming. <laughs> Yay! I don't suppose she has some ranged ghost power she can wail them with. She will glide to the side five feet. Only catch three of them with this. And Hollis and Sudi, and I don't actually know. Maybe Hollis. What? whispers a single word of primordial language of good. Cool. Of good? And then that's going to be a fortitude save from them. Are either Sudi or Hollis good aligned? Nope. Yeah. Uh, so Hollis, since you are good aligned, you will get a plus two sacred bonus to attack and damage rolls for one round. So Thanks, if you friend. have a targeted spell, that does something. And then they will. She would know that Sudi's not good, by the way. It's a 30 foot cone. So this is the only angle that she could fire that off because it also, it does bonuses for good aligned allies and penalties for evil aligned enemies. Nice. And so, does nothing to me. Say, why was it nice standing there? Yep. So the closest Moftet saves, the other two are going to be, they've failed their fortitude save and are going to be sickened for the next eight rounds. Nice. nice. As they're nice. overwhelmed with the power of guilt. Guilt, it is the greatest weapon in Good's arsenal. Fair. I mean, that's Ghost Rider's whole power. It's Pretty true. <laughs> Penitent stare. And I don't need a Ghost Rider stare. I'm just full of anxiety and guilt on a daily. There yeah, you go. me too. Welcome to being a millennial. <laughs> that's a mental illness, you know? That's not. <laughs> From Lady Sophronia, we go to Citra Nahamra. Hey. You're all in the somewhere. air, aren't they? Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. They are. Uh, I am going to ready then. Okay. 
I will ready so that if one of them tries to come at me, then I will attack. <laughs> so you crouch in readiness. That will bring us to round one of combat. This is going to go either really bad or uh, really just really bad. Oh, oh great. thanks for the vote of confidence there. I think, I think there. that's code for they got a higher initiative than all of us. Oh, I have no doubt. Mesika and I rolled one. Sophronia got the highest initiative in the party Uh-oh. with a 15. At least I readied. Yeah, all right. So the first one dive bombs charging Hollis. Yeah, of course she does. It's not sickened. So that's a 22. Yep. 23. Yep. A 22. Yep. 15. No. And 16. No. All right. So three of those hit. So it's 18 points of damage with the first hit. Okay. 20 points of damage with the second hit. Yikes. All right. Not good for Hollis, but she's still up, obviously. 21 points of damage with a third hit. I'm still standing. As you get triple sneak attacked. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Stab, stab, stab. The second one dive bomb, Sudi. Okay, remember uh-huh. I have a 20% immunity to criticals and sneak attack. So I actually rolled really poorly, considering that they're using freaking scimitars. Natural one will not hit. Nope. Is this one sickened? This one is sickened. Follow-up attack is a 22. No. Uh, that's a 15. Nope. There we go. That's kind of turning around. That's a 27. Yep, yep, that'll get me. That is a threat. I'll resolve the last attack first. And that's a natural one, so that will not hit. Hey. So then it rolls to confirm, and then I'll see about your resistance to this. So it gets a 23 against your flat-footed AC to confirm. No. Okay, so... I got a 51 anyway, so it would have gotten through that resistance, but it doesn't critical anyway. Fortification, 31. Dang it. All right. Well, that gets through. Aw. What is your percent? 20%? Yeah, it's 20% unless I'm big, then it's 30%. So that's 19 points of damage as one of the blades still manages to slice through your defenses and cut into you. The next one charges Sudi. This will trigger Citra's ready to action as it does pass within your threat range. All right. Um, that is a 28. A 28 will strike your target as you lash out at the moth head as it closes on Sudi. For uh, 10 points of regular and 3 points of electricity. Ouch. Telling hit as you cut into your foe, she still dives into full out attack against Sudi. Natural 1 will not strike Sudi. Woo! Okay. Natural 1 will not strike Sudi. <laughs> All right, that's a, this one's sickened, 28. That'll hit me. No. That's a threat. Only because I'm flat-footed. Uh, follows that up with a 19. Nope. Giveth and taketh. That's a perfect 20, which will automatically hit threat. Dang it. However, that's a 20, 23 to confirm. I think that was a miss That is a time. no. And I got a roll to see about a confirmation on that other one. So the confirmation roll for that other one is a 26. That's on the nose. 17 for the percentile, which will fail to get through your 20% resistance to criticals. Yay. Boom. And then I'll go ahead and roll to see whether or not this sneak attacks, which 36 does. And let me roll for the other one to see if that one sneak attacks, which 54 does. Yeah. So still double sneak attack. So that's 21 points of damage from the first hit. Okay. And 17 points of damage from the second. Ow. So yeah, not looking so hot. I'm down half my hit points, everyone. I'm down to 22. 
The fourth one will charge Masika. Uh, this does provoke an attack of opportunity from Citra as it passes Get through it. her threatened range. Okay. Again, Citra's the only one that noticed these things closing as everyone else is just like, should we stop Masika from reading this riddle of death? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I you rolled know. a 15 for a 31, which is a threat. 31 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Do not think a 15 will confirm. A 15 will not confirm. Even charging. But I do nine points of regular and five points of electricity. A telling cut before it dives to the attack against Masika. This one is not sickened. All right. So 26 at flat-footed Masika. That's on the freaking nose. Follows that up with a 22. Also up with a natural one. I'm going to try to feel bad for you. Yeah, me too. Uh, follows that up, however, with a 29, which yeah. is a threat. And then that last one's a 17. So one hit, one threat. Roll to confirm on that threat, which I'm pretty sure is going to be a confirmation with a 33. Oh, yeah. Gracious. Ah. So first off, the regular hit. The first hit is for 16 with its sneak attack. The second one, which is a critical sneak attack, is 26 points of damage. Yow. Ow! Yeah, I'm a crud. The last <laughs> one charges Citra, diving to the attack. At least Goodness. you're not flat-footed. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no sneak attack on this one, which is why nope. they're kind of targeting everyone else. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, it's getting a charge bonus, so that's 26 for the first attack. No. Follows that up with a 29. Mm, on the nose. Oh, because you're not flat-footed. Uh, follows that up with a 22. No. Follows that up with a... Uh, I was about to say another natural one, but no, that was a seven. Uh, however, that's still only a 21. No. And then follows that up with a 20. No. So just the one hit and not a sneak attack at that. So nine points of damage as this scimitar slices into you. That brings us to Lady Sophronia, who will glide five feet to the side, striding up next to Hollis. And like how bad does Hollis look? Hollis is down to 22 out of 88 hit points. So really bad. Yeah, All right. she's real messed up. She'll forego offense for defense as she glides up next to Hollis. Extend. Oh, hold on. I don't like that grin on your face right now. No, I'm thinking. Yeah, that's a dangerous pastime. But he's playing the friend right now. <laughs> yeah, it's okay because he's playing a friend. It's whether or not it's more beneficial to remove the damage that Citra's done to be able to channel positive energy because she does not have selective channeling. But that would let her heal everybody, but that would include the Moftet that you've injured. Or to just heal Hollis. Masika's at 31 hit points yeah, out of 87 Yeah, it kind of seems like the entire party like, you is know. in. Well, actually, hold on. No. She can forego that five-foot step and instead glide away from the party and then channel in such a way that she does not hit the injured ones. Ah, nice. Yeah, that'd work. Yep, so she retreats back, you know, looking over her shoulder as she goes, I promise I'm not fleeing. And then channels positive thing. energy. <laughs> we would never think so. Sophronia would never do us like that. Yeah, off to a good start. Yep, that's not so good. Yeah, middling. Uh, it's 21 points of healing that everyone receives as there's this Whoa. pulse of positive energy that rolls off of her. 21. All right. And fortunately avo avoids the two that Citra struck. Cool. All right. So a pulse of positive energy comes out like the sunrise. You actually feel warmth off of this one as she channels mm. out this energy. Fancy. <laughs> Say that put me back up at full. She glares up at the sky at this blasphemous fake sun. From Sophronia, we go to Sudikantar. 
Okie dokie. Sudi yeah, four targets. Sudi wishes he had whirlwind attack right now. Um, okay, I'm going to target the one that's, that attacked Hollis because that seems like uh, the biggest threat I can actually get to because I can't get to the one on Masika's side because uh, Citra's in the way. So mm -hmm. I'm going to full out attack that one. I'm going to start with a stunning fist to see if I can uh, knock that one out of the sky. Here we go. Uh, okay, so that is a six for a 22. <laughs> Since she charged, that will strike your target. Yay! Yeah! Good. There's and a we, drawback to that. And we know their fortitude saves aren't that great because they failed turning into a kitty kitty. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> Bitty to be fair, I think, you're I think the save DC for you is a lot higher than Sudi's stun. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, uh, they are chaotic now, right? They are, in fact, chaotic. Extra damage! Chaotic evil. Kind of have to be to worship a demon. That's yeah. Especially in second edition, where I think it actually is mandatory that your alignment matches in the case of some demons. So Fair. that is 18 points of damage, and I'm going to go ahead and need them to make me a fortitude save. I rolled decent. Ah. It's a 20. Ah. Yay! Stunned! So you spin around, do one of those like mid-air leap kick things, perfect form, fist pulled back, one leg extended, the other leg tucked. You slam your stunning foot into her face. Toe beans kick. to the face. <laughs> yes. Her eyes cross. She stumbles, dropping the last five feet down to the ground, bouncing off the side of the statue there. Ha ha. Uh, both of her scimitars fall from her numbed fingers as they clatter down to the floor. Ha ha. Covered in Hollis's blood. Yeah. Okay. Sudi will uh, press the attack because that's only going to buy basically Hollis a round to get out of there. So... Round two, fight. Come on, I rolled a five for a 21. And she's still taking the minus two penalty for charging because that lasts for the entire round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll hit. Woo! <laughs> Love it. They had a really good first assault. Near max damage, baby. Kind of surprised I only hit, actually, no, I hit Hollis, I think, three times, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, so that is so 25 points of damage. A telling hit as you crush your foot into her, slamming her against the side of the statue. One more. Nah, that's not going to do it. I uh, roll a six for a 17. I need you to break 10, Jordan. I know, right? I need you like, to seriously, break Seriously, what's 10. wrong with a, these dice? A 17, however, will still strike your target's what? flat footed, min <laughs> flat -footed minus four. <laughs> Wild. I'll take it. I'm pretty sure even uh -oh. Hollis could knife this person right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Okay. But only if she summoned a magic dagger. <laughs> so that's 22 points of damage. You continue to pumble away, taking us from Sudi to Hollis Starkweather. Yay! So this person next to me is... They're stunned, stunned. so you can move freely about the cabin. I'm going to five foot step behind Masika. Don't five foot step to where I was going to five foot step. Right <laughs> Y'all yeah, both five foot step diagonal into a little dosey dough. I'll just full move because she's stunned. Oh, yeah. um, I move away and then I'm going to cast mirror image on myself. <laughs> That's nice. a great plan, yes. Okay, you're 12th level, so I think it's a D4 plus 4 now. So yes, so D4, D4 plus, plus, plus 4. four. Roll a 4. Roll a you're 4. You're just as capable at mirror image as the rocks were. 3, so that's yeah, 7. Bad. So there's 8 of you now. So Hollis, you slide away, chant in tone, gesture with a hand. 
the Moftet stumbling away from the statue looks up and sees two of Sudi and I think 14 of Hollis at this point as <laughs> her eyes are still crossed from the stun to the face. Many Hollis's. From Miss Starkweather, we go to Citra Nahamra. Hmm. I am going to hop over. I'm going to move into the flank while staying on the path because getting off the path makes me nervous. Okay. Yeah, it makes me nervous too. <laughs> I'm like, if someone who doesn't follow a Reshkigal touches outside the path that Scorpion animates or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my concern as well. So, uh, <laughs> to go, Scorpion. Ah. <laughs> now that I am in the flank, I would like to attack. Right, uh, you will provoke if you do not acrobatics, though. I will acrobatics. That's right, a great idea. So you're moving at half speed, so you don't have to take any penalty. You are going through three threatened spaces. or the, You're going through three people's threatened, so it's going to be their CMD plus four. Okay. Um, I've got the number. All right. I hope you do. This is well, actually pretty high. I start with a 28 and I rolled a 14, so that gets me a 42. A 42 will succeed. Ha <laughs> But it was actually a surprisingly close thing. <laughs> Ooh. So you die forward magically tumbling through six scimitars as they go chasing after you as you tuck <laughs> into this roll, kick up onto the other side. You're doing the entrapment dance. Sudi, I imagine turning back after stunning and beating the crap out of this one to face off against the other three that are threatening him. Yep. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, while I did really well on the acrobatics, I only rolled a three, which gets me a 19. Wait, Plus two sorry, for the 21. Yeah. And she's sickened. I don't remember. Does that affect your armor Sicken, class? Sickened affects your AC in second edition, but not in first edition. Yeah. However, she did charge. Oh! Which hey. means that a 21 will strike your target. Yay! <laughs> this charging okay. ended up working out well for us. Well, except for all the times you were stabbed. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> a lot. So we start out with eight regular, four electricity. Uh, for another 26 points of damage. So 34 regular, 4 electricity. Vicious hit. So a telling stab as you dart past her before reaching up and ramming your blade into her kidney as she screams and thrashes out. And she doesn't I would those. like to... Uh, both. I want to keep her from being able to hit the magic users, so I will disorient her. So minus 2 to her hit and minus 6 against me. Okay. From Citra, we go to bottom of the initiative, Masika of the Beckon. Masika is going to take a five-foot step back and hide, like, in front of all the thousand Holluses. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to try to lose myself in your illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to cast Call Lightning, which takes my whole round, and Narmer is going to spit at the stunned Moftet. Cool. Aha! And he's going to use a charge of the wand in his tummy and do extra damage. Despite being stunned, t- still technically engaged in melee. Patoo. <laughs> <laughs> I really do need to get a spittoon sound effect. He rolls a 12, which gets him a 24, so an 18 with a minus 4 to hit her uh, ranged. 18 will strike your target stunned touch AC. He does 2d6 because he spent a charge. For nine points of acid damage. Nice. Yep. So yeah, this stream of acid shoots off from uh, Sudi's right as he notices. I guess Narmer's entered the fray. <laughs> Sudi sadly doesn't have time to give him a, a thumbs up because many enemies. <laughs> Sudi, look out. You're surrounded. I know. 
I'm sure shortly the hottest swarm will roll over them like an army of ants. <laughs> you don't happen to have swarm form, do you, uh, Jess? Does that look like a druid? That would I imagine be how horrifying that would be because you turn into a swarm of spiders, but then there would look to be eight other swarms of spiders. <laughs> yes, exactly. It'd be awful. That'd be very good. Your defense level would be amazing at that point. Is it an area effect? No, you're doomed. Um, <laughs> all right, so that brings us to the Moftet. Uh, the first one is stunned. Boom. So sways there like a fighter at the end of Mortal Kombat. Finisher. So the second one will slide back away from Sudi alongside Citra. Uh-oh. They're about to flank me. And ready. Mm-hmm. But wait, you're a rogue. They don't know that. Yeah. But I mean, you did just kidney stab one of them. I don't have uncanny dodge. Which they don't know either. Oh, that's true. Dang it. Also, yeah. they might be four levels of rogue over Citra. You don't I know. They could not. be 16-level rogues. That was pretty piddle and sneak attack for a 16th level rogue. Uh, so the next one slides back, causing the first one's ready to action to go off, at which point they will swing. Plus two for the flank, 27. Nope. Which will miss. The one that slid back, however, as they hover backwards, taking a five-foot float. Uh, fly check also for that. And a fly check for that one. Uh, flying creatures. So slides back and will then attack, full out attack. Both scimitars. So that's a 26. Nope. 28. Nope. Perfect. 20 will hit ah. threat. Boo. Uh, 25 to confirm. No. That's pretty good. That's a 31. Yep. That's a threat. Boo. That's a 25 to confirm. Nope. At least they're not confirming. And then last swing, that's only a 16. Nope. So two hits. Still going to hurt. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I rolled high on that one. Don't say uh, things like that. 24 for the first hit. Ugh. 17 for the second. The one that Citrus stabbed will take a five-foot flutter forward. I would like to step, <laughs> step up, up after it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you have strike also? Oh, no, I have following step. Oh, okay. So I would like to move 10 feet to get in the flank still. Unfortunately. No. Oh, because of the path. Yeah. The okay. low wall is going to stop you from leaping out because it's so 10 feet of movement to leap I'm over the wall. I'm just going to stay where I am then. I mean, you could still just step up the five feet and be threatening still. It also gets you out of the flank. All but. right, I'll step up. So Citrus slides forward, stepping up. Uh, that one readies. The other one takes a five-foot flutter forward. Dang it. Succeeds on a hover check. The other one's ready to action goes off. How dare. The one that moved and... Yes, yeah, disoriented. The first one, yeah. So that basically means that your minus two penalty is going to be going to negate the plus two bonus for flanking. Yep. So that means that's only a 21 regardless. No. Uh, the other one, however, does not have such restrictions in full out attacks. Yep. Uh, 31. Yep. 28. No. Ooh. 33. Yeah. That is a... Th Sorry. Math on that was off. Nope. 33 is right. That is a threat. <laughs> yeah. Follows that up with a 25. No. Follows that up with a 19. No. So one hit, one threat. Roll to confirm. No. Yeah, that's only a 16 to confirm. No. So two hits, however. Both of those are sneak attacks. Yep. Roll for all your sneak attackness to see if I block it with my rocky behind. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> rocky behind. 
That's only a 17. Ha ha! And that's a 10. Uh, so yeah, I guess odds, may the odds be ever in your favor. Yay! I quickly turned that around with rolling max damage twice, so that's 12 points of damage from each hit. How dare. <laughs> look, Not as bad as Jordan it could have, have some minor victories. <laughs> I know, okay. right? It's like, you can't just let me have the thing. <laughs> may luck be a lady tonight, Jordan. Oh, uh, gracious. Yeah, and I think I'm out of Moftets to sneak attack people with. Yep. Aw, I'm so sad for you. He's like, wait, Heather, from your sass, 20 more up here. <laughs> <laughs> the scorpion rises from the grave. Oh, God. <laughs> yep, Sophronia glides forward, sliding into the flank against the one that initially stab go. stabbed Masika, nods across to Citra and spins and swings. It's not her best. Still, 28 with the flank will strike her target. Stabbing home for 14 points of damage. Rachel? Oh, opportunist. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sorry, I, I haven't had it in a while. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Okay, uh, I rolled a seven, which gets me a 23 plus the flank, plus the flank, <laughs> plus the flank, which gives me a 25. A 25 will strike your target as you dive to the attack, lashing back out at this one. Okay. It's a good thing this show doesn't require us to speak clearly. That's <laughs> true. You can start phoning it in. We're 145 episodes in. They'll stay with us. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. That's not true. That's not remotely true. So uh, 29 points of regular and five points of electricity. Still going as you ram your blade into it and rip through the side of this Moftet. She screams in pain. Oh, I'm double flanked. Crap. Yeah, you are double flanked right now, which is very yeah, concerning to me. <laughs> I got you, You're maybe. flanked in four directions. That brings us to Sudi Kantar. Help. Oh, Kidoki. Um, you really could use that whirlwind attack. I know, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, if I could just get where Citra is and whirlwind attack, man, we'd be out of this in no time. Okay, I'm going to attack the same one that Sophronia and Citra just attacked because maybe I can drop that one. Maybe. Okay. Um, so, I strike. I flurry. And that other one is no longer stunned. Nope. Well, okay, opening strong with a perfect 20. So that'll hey! play. Perfect like 20 will automatically like hit. It. Threat, roll to confirm. Oh, and a 19 to confirm. That yes. is a 35. <laughs> A 35 will confirm your critical ah. hit as you spin and lash out, punching your fist into her. 11 and 16 is 22. 30 set. Wait, my maths. There's a two. Calculator. And a 12. So it's a four. Thir what? Wait. What is happening? What are you doing? <laughs> the math, it's too much. There's too big a number. Calculator. Um, okay. 11, 22, and 12. I think Jordan is just never prepared to critical. 34. Rude. It's so rude. I don't ever do it. Yes, 34, and that's my final answer. Crushing blow. I'm going to try to crush it Still flying as you ram your fist into her. Did you roll a one? Did you roll a one? Perfect 20 again. Oh, my God. He did a a perfect 20 will hit threat roll to he confirm. He took all my luck. That's what happened. 
Jessica's over here like, okay. I'm just bleeding out here. Come on. Okay, we're back to normal because I was a nat one to confirm. Oh. <laughs> it couldn't last. The clouds parted for a brief second. <laughs> and we're like, right. no. Uh, nope, can't have too much good luck. Uh, okay. Um, so that's seven, 13, and eight is 21 points of damage. You spin ramming your fist into her as she crumples under the impact Ooh. and flips over the wall. I imagine Ooh, a slight pause from Sudi. This again, taking an actual life as you crush into her, and this one doesn't choose to explode. He's gonna switch to non-lethal. <laughs> no, do not! Um, really? No, he's not really gonna switch to non-lethal. These guys are irredeemably evil. evil. Um, Alright, let me go for the one that I had stunned in the previous round uh, with my last attack. Okay. <sighs> that is a 5 for a 16. No, they are no longer yeah. stunned, nor taking the charging penalty, so... Yep. So nope, hey, she's got her what? feet back under her. You know what? I got two good hits, and I'm pretty satisfied with that. That's above average for me. From Sudi, Hollis Starkweather. Hey! Hollis is very pleased. She rubs her hands together, all 16 of them. Um, <laughs> she rubs her hands together in anticipation. There's 16 clucks of approval. Well, to get some static electricity going. And then she casts lightning arc between the the first in the line and the last in the line on the side of Sudi and Citra, opposite of where okay. I am. Nice. All right. The first one gets a 20. The right, second one this? gets a 31. The third one gets a 19. One passes, the other two fail. The ones that fail take half. The one in the center passes and has evasion, so flips mm -hmm. out of the way, or flitters out of the way to no effect. All right, here we go. That's a lot of dice. There's a thunderous clap from directly off to Sudi's side. Pretty much the moment he pulls his fist back away after trying to hit this last one in line. <laughs> I imagine Hollis probably gives out a shout, or there's the sound of eight chickens clucking. It's a lot of chickens. It's a lot of chickens. A, we're, we've been adventuring long enough. There's like a rhythm to the combat where Hollis knows when to jump in and electrocute things, you know? Yeah, Sudi doesn't know who's electrocuting, but someone's electrocuting something. I was going to say, that's a good point, actually. I have no idea who's casting that because I'm not looking over my shoulder to see. 56 points of electricity. Dang. Wait, how much? I rolled a lot of sixes. 56? Great. <laughs> how many d6 do you get? That's going to so, leave a mark. Wow. That was a good roll. Well, it's a fifth level, but I rolled a lot of sixes and fives. Like I was going to say. Do you have chain lightning yet? No. Or at least I haven't taken it. I have lightning arc, which is my fifth uh, level. So that sears a hole through the chest of the previously stunned one. Uh, and the, the one immediately next to Sudi manages to flutter back out of the way of this attack entirely before it strikes the last one. Coming so in up here. Up until this point was uninjured. I mean, that one's injured now. Yeah. Hey, at least I'm less flanked now. <laughs> That's true. You're only single flank, not double. All right. Uh, you have move action remaining, Hollis. I'm good. All right. From Hollis, we go to Citra Nahumra. I really don't want to get off the path. <laughs> but at the same time, but the flank. flank is my friend. I mean, yeah. Sophronia is off the path. Well, I know, she's but she's a, a ghost. ghost. She's Just also floating. flying. Yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. What do you guys think? Should I risk it? I say go for it because we need the damage. Yeah. All right. What's the worst that could happen? I could die. True. 
I'm gonna acrobatics into the flank with Sudi. Okay. The, the gold scorpion could animate. All the statues could animate. Uh, this is, oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> So Alice, scared. you got that wall of stone prepared, right? <laughs> no. I rolled an 18, which got me a 46 to acrobatics into position. So you leap forward, striding forward, taking your, your empty hand, placing it on the wall, vaulting over the wall, rolling between these two as their scimitars flash down at you. Is that 46? 46. You then leap forward, tumbling past the statue that had been to Sudi's right whenever he was making his way down. Of uh, this, uh, this woman, again, it's the one that has the forked tail just kind of peeking out from underneath the hem of her robe. And next to this statue of an older man with a particularly evil eye that seems to be disproportionately large compared to his other. And like a Harry Potter the book, Mad-Eye Moody, not so much the movie. Constant vigilance. I think it was his eye. Okay, Telltale. <laughs> if that passed, then I shall... You have succeeded. I shall attack... You stand, there's actually sand on the other side of the walkway because the walkway is stone, but the outside of the little walls are a small amount of sand. Okay. Uh, Citra rolls a 14, which gives me a 32. A 32 will strike your foe as you roll into the flank, leap forward, and stab up at the woman. Are they all lady moftets? Uh, they are all lady moftets. Hmm. Like lions, there's always a disproportionate number of ladies. They do most of the hunting. All right, so I do 35 points of regular damage and six points of electricity. Ouch. It's not pleasant. Do you want me to debilitate or disorient? Well, I don't know. Just do one of those things. Uh, well, I don't want them to be able to hit y'all, so I'm going to uh, disorient. All right. Good plan. You ram your blade home, bringing us to Masika. All right. Masika, um, which one of these two Moftet that have been hit looks more injured? Uh, honestly, the one that Citra and Sudi have been tag teaming. Okay, I'm going to call down a lightning bolt on her. She needs to make a reflex save. Reflex save? Yeah. It's unfortunate because they have evasion. That is exactly middle of the road. 27. Yeah, that passes. There's a fork of lightning that comes down from a clear blue sky overhead. Masika looks annoyed. Narmer yep. spits. Cracks off one of the hands of the statue. Uh, the statue bleeds. What? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Pause the entire fight. What? <laughs> <laughs> These weren't statues at all. If I was doing strange aeons, you know that statue would be bleeding. Oh, of, of course. All right, so after taking the penalty for spitting into combat, Narmer gets a, a 20. A 20 will hit Narmer's uh, target's touch face, eh? He does 11 points of acid damage. Almost max. What? Nice. Continues to burn away. Bring us to the cultists. Boo. So the flanked one will ready. Of course. Second one, the one that was just struck by Hollis's uh, lightning blast will fly wide, circling around, banking around the back of the statue to fly into the flank with Citra. Oh. Causing the first one's ready to action to go off. Plus two for the flank. 27. No. All right. They're not rolling that well, I mean, they're not rolling great, but they're not really rolling that bad. Y'all's ACs are just high. Good for us. One that circled around swings out with scimitar. That's plus two for flank. 29. On the nose. Boo. Oh, minus one because of sicken would be a 28. I did not add that. Miss. Oh, nice. Good job, Sophronia. You can't have nice things. The last one, God, does... Actually, the last one's uninjured. Not for long doesn't really want to get next to 
The ghost? Yeah. <laughs> oh, why not? I'm surprised Masika's not like, hey, we turned one of your friends into a kitty cat. You're next. Oh, well, I we're can't a little do too close again. to danger for smack talk. <laughs> the other one will charge Citra. What? Which will actually provoke from Sudi. Okay. I mean, I'll take it. Well, I'm the one doing loads of damage. I guess. I roll a seven for a math 23. A 23 will strike your target. Hey. Uh, so 22 points of damage. A solid hit. I'm liking this 2d6 extra. <laughs> and we'll get a full attack on Citra, making five attacks. Uh, so the first swing is a 30. Yep. Ouch. Second swing, not as good. 25. Nope. Third swing, bringing it back around with a 31. Yep. That's a threat. Fourth swing, that's uh, a lot lower. That's a 16. Nope. Fifth swing, bringing it back up, but that's a 27. Nope. So one regular hit, one threat, and then a uh, 27 will not confirm. No. So the first strike strikes you for 10, the second strike strikes you for seven. They do a lot less damage when they're not flanking. I'm looking really bad, guys. Yeah, I kind of thought you might. Brings us to Lady Sophronia. She glides around to Citra Boop. like a little angel. <laughs> she glides up, reaches down, lays on her hand. Yeah, decent. 19 points of healing. I'll take it. Not great, not terrible. From Sophronia, we go to Sudi Kantar. Okay, Sudi's going to target the one that uh, he and Citra are flanking and see if he can't drop it with a flurry of blows. Uh, okay, so I roll a 9, which gets me a 27 with the flank. 27 will strike your target. Hey, oh. 8. Uh, so that is 14 points of damage. Will bring them down as you crack hey, your fists hey. into them. Cool. All right. Uh, so then I will move on to the one that is, I guess, adjacent to the one that I just took out. All right. Um, so that is a 10. I'm no longer flanking. So that is a 26. A 26 will strike your target. 12. Uh, 18 points of damage. A telling hit. I believe my opportunist goes off. It does. Yep. So shell attack. I roll a 16, which gives me a 32 a as a threat. 32 will hit. Threat, roll to confirm. 29, confirm. A 29 will confirm your critical hit. So that is 19 regular and two points of electricity. Your opponent still stands. Oh man, I was really hoping I'd get a chance to do another flying kick. Um, all right, so then with my last attack, that is an 11 for a 22. A 22 will strike your target since your target did charge. Yay! They're really good at offense. That is 21 points of damage. Still going. Dang it. Well, until you punched this one, it was uninjured. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, you have a five-foot step remaining if you'd like to take it. Um, You know what? I'm not sure if it really matters, but I'm going to take a five-foot step to the west to start moving yes, around. Yes, that will help. Yeah, to start moving around uh, to try to flank with Citra on this one again. Yeah, starting to set up the flank for Citra. Hall of Starkweather, what do the eight of you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, the eight of me are like they're not in a line again. No, I mean, you could technically blast them. You'd hit Citra. She'd probably get out of the way. I don't <laughs> want to hit Citra. <laughs> so... I have faith in her. All right. 
Hollis is going to move up next to Sudi. Oh. Uh, okay. Action wizard. Action wizard engage. A gang of Hollisai comes running up towards the you, The Hollis gang <laughs> rolls through and is going to attempt to touch her with a spell. I'll cast on the defensive. All right. I don't think I can fail this. This is a uh, third level spell. Okay. I rolled a four, though, so maybe 16 plus seven plus four. 27 to get my third level spell to work. 27 will beat the DC 21. Excellent. And then I am going to negate everything I just did because this is a ranged spell. Pretend I didn't move. JK. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Hollis runs forward 15 feet, lets it get an attack of opportunity because she doesn't want that mirror image spell to be wasted, then runs back 15 <laughs> feet and then casts a spell. Oh, no. I have to be adjacent, so I'm going to run up behind CD. <laughs> oh, my god! What is happening? Sorry. Hollis runs up. Excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, past Masika, diagonally behind Sudi. Casts Good thing is Hollis has a 35-foot movement speed. <laughs> casts Siphon Might on the moth tat in front of Sudi. Oh, okay. I was like, are you siphoning my might? She gets a fortitude save. <laughs> she takes all of Sudi's might and then she punches this guy in the face. Ooh. 18. Nope, that fails. She will now take... Didn't roll great. That's two on the die. Two plus five. She will take seven strength damage. Oh, Ouch. brutal. Man, that, that's not that great. She'll take a seven strength penalty. Okay. And Sudi will get a seven strength bonus. Oh my goodness. Siphon might. So buff. Much might. Such buff. Yeah. And is this enhancement or? Oh, that's a good question, actually. It is enhancement. So it's only going to go in addition to whatever you already have. Okay, cool. I'll take it. I did it. (laughs) Cool. I'll take it. From Hollis, we go to Citra Nahamra. Citra is going to take a five foot slide to the west. Okay. Uh, west, yes. Okay. It's down as Slide west. into the Citra, flank with Sudi. Yes. Citra will take a five foot slide to the west to flank with Sudi. The enemy's then... gate is down. What? <laughs> I said, just remember, the enemy's gate is down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's taken quite a beating at this point, correct? Uh, yeah. Sudi's done 82 points of damage to her. Oh, my lord. In one round. It's Woo! actually really impressive. Hey! <laughs> now that I have moved into the flank, I am going to attack twice with my Kukri. From Hell's Heart. I stab it to thee with a natural one. A natural one will automatically miss your target. But my second attack is much better. <laughs> uh, I rolled a 15, which gives me a 27 plus 2, which is a 29. That is a threat. A 29 will hit threat roll to confirm. I love me some keen, but unfortunately rolling a 2 for a 14 plus 2, 16 will probably not confirm. 16 will not confirm your nope. critical hit. Boo. Unfortunate. But I'm still flanking, so. So that is 28 points of regular and six points of electricity. You plunge your blade between her wings straight into her heart, probably wincing as you feel her jolt before slumping down between you and Sudi, the sickening falling to the floor, not the clean flash playing explosion that you're used to from cultists. And then, yeah, and that's my two attacks, so. Masika of the Beckon. Um, oh. I figure Citra's going to kind of take a free action and be like, it is not too late to stand down. You could always leave this place. And then Masika electrocutes her. 
Citra. <laughs> <laughs> Proving once again that Citra is the moral compass of this party because we're all off. No, Usura bad. She responds in Sphinx. For anyone that speaks Sphinx. I speak I Sphinx. Do. I do. You only hasten my reward and the answers I seek. Masika electrocutes her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do believe she gets a reflex save, however. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's 19? Nope, that fails. Get her, Masika. Such returns, tries her best to be. She takes diplomatic. 11 points of electricity damage. A bolt forks down from the sky, strikes her as she jolts before falling still. What did she say? She said she wanted to die to get the answer she wants from Ereshkigal, so I, I I, gave her her wish. It's pretty clear that these cultists can't be saved. They well, would we, rather we, die than be captured. We saved one. I, yeah, Technically, exactly. I we he, saved two, but they think they're a cat. Your heart was in the right place, Citra. Redemption is available for all. Sadly, few take it. I suppose you pause, Citra... You look down towards your feet. Oh, God. Oh, God. And we'll pick it up here next time. No! Oh, no! Oh, 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 There's something coming on my feet. Oh. It's an egg oh. It's the tremors. It's, you know, Heather hates spiders. I hate anything that comes after my Achilles. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.